0: There we come blue and white and we're
1: looking good You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good we are Carlisle United
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle The number one place to get your car night fix in the podcast world I'm Lee Rooney
2: And I'm Dan McLennan Normally Lee would do a little intro here but just as he pressed record, he went, Oh, sugar. Well, not quite sugar. I haven't wrought anything. So we'll look at the nil nil draw at Mansfield and I head to Saturday's game against Wimbledon.
0: Superb, Dan. Absolutely superb. That wasn't a
2: bad fit, that, was <laughs> it? It was. Because it went well. You <laughs> made
0: it up on the hoof. <laughs> oh, that was shambolic. The problem is, I actually got the running order done really early this week, and it mostly done. And yeah. I sent it to you early this morning. I just didn't check the fact that I hadn't written the intro of the night because obviously I didn't know what happened in the Mansfield game. So as it came to record, I was like, oh, blast. Yeah. I've not written an intro. Tried to do one on the hoof, and it was terrible. And then Dad's like, what? I just have a go. It's like, yeah, why not? a well, laugh. Let's, let's mix it up. There you go. How you doing, mate? You good?
2: Yeah, not bad, thanks. Yeah,
0: obviously last week was a bit of a change of events, really, wasn't it, for us? Mm. We had to put the podcast out later on a Monday instead of yeah, well, the, uh, as, Tuesday.
2: Yeah, well, as we were recording, obviously, news was updating about uh, Her Majesty. Uh, obviously, we, you know, it was, it was a fluid situation, wasn't it? You know, she went from being badly to, unfortunately, passing away in the afternoon. So football was cancelled, whether mm. it was the right decision. I'm not sure. Looking back, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You know, there's plenty of other sports continue, but...
0: Well, yeah, I actually, I actually went to watch one of those sports. I went to watch um, Huddersfield against Salford in the Rugby League. It was a nice little trip out and I've been to the... the sorry, I was going to say the McAlpine there, but it's the John Smith stadium these days, isn't it? Yeah. I'd not been that, there for a while. Um, it, it's Tell you what, it's, it's, from the outside, it still looks quite modern. When you're actually in the seat, it looks great, but the, the concourse is there looking tired. Very yeah. tired. It's a... Aging Stadium, certainly, and you know. Salford absolutely battered Huddersfield. Huddersfield were dreadful. Though. I mean, it's the first live Rugby League game I've been to. I watch it a fair bit on telly, but blimey, it just blew them away, first half. It was incredible.
2: Rugby League with Rooney podcast launching next yes.
0: week. Yes, yes, I'll get Johnny on that. Johnny's a big big Rugby League Funny came with me to that one, but there you go. Um, right, well, uh, we've got a few bits of it in today, so we'll get get into that now. Um Just a reminder, of course, the podcast is sponsored by the Carly United Sports Club London branch. The London branch is open to all Carly United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London branch on their website, carlolondonbranch.org. dot org, and we do know from speaking to the London branch that they they have had quite a few sign ups and people who've listened to the pod, so that's really good to hear. So if you're you're exiled outside the outside, even if you live in Carlisle, you can still sign up. They they're looking to get more members outside London now, aren't they? I think they're looking to do uh, branches. Uh, I think uh, twigs. I think they're calling them, aren't they? The, yeah. Off the off the uh, London branch, so um, yeah, because I think there's quite a few in the northwest who have signed up. So yeah, if you want, if you're interested. Get yourself along and uh, sign up to that. Also a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast uh, and give us a review if you can as well, wherever you subscribe to your podcast. So whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, anywhere like that, if you can give us a review, that, that'd that be fantastic. Uh, you can follow us on social media, at Brunner Bugle, on uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Facebook, just search Brunner Bugle and click like. And you can find us on the bejustandfair dot Facebook group. There's over two thousand four hundred members on there. It's a really good community of uh, blues fans. And on the cummins message board. And of course, if you want to go really old fashioned, drop us an email: brunsabugle at gmail dot com. Um, right, let's get into it. Dan, a few bits of news. One bit of news that we we did bring you the news about his loan being cancelled last week. Sam Firstman, didn't we? But turns out now he's already sorted a new loan, loan move away, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, I think it was obviously in the pipeline. Uh when he was released and came back for a couple of days. Uh but he's headed to Morpeth Town.
0: Yeah, the interesting move this was it. Obviously he's dropped down a level from National League North and probably the right thing to do realistically. I don't think there was another National League North he could have moved to. Um, he scored goals at this level. It's uh, the Northern Premier League uh Premier Division. Um so it's basically the same level he was up, out with Lancaster at the start of last season. Um so Morpeth, for those who are not quite aware geography wise, it's, it's sort of it's not actually far from Blythe at all, is it? It's about five six miles away, maybe.
2: Yeah, it's not far at all.
0: It's literally the, the ground you can see from the A1 apparently as you drive in north of Newcastle essentially. So, um, so yeah, i will be playing for Morpeth Town. Um, They're current the Highwaymen. That's a great nickname, there, isn't it? Really good nickname, that. I'm guessing because they're right next to the A1. <laughs> probably won. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're slap-bang in the middle of uh, the table at the moment, currently on nine points six games with three wins and three defeats so far this season. Uh, he'll be lining... In fact, that might have changed, actually, because I think I might have wrote this before the game on Tuesday. So I do apologise if they've maybe... Because they won the other night, didn't they? I think he came off the bench, fishburn in that game. Um, but he'll be lining up alongside two form Blues, are Yeah,
2: one of them uh, a bit more well-known than the other, in yeah. fairness. yeah.
0: So it's uh, Liam Noble in midfield for them. He's uh he's uh, looking a little bit rounder these days, isn't he? I think it's fair to say, obviously being a, a non-league player, not training full time, but
2: he's yeah. been there a couple
0: of years now. Yeah, they've got quite a decent setup there, by all accounts, haven't they? A lot of clubs in the north. We've said this before, countless times, haven't we? In the northeast, there's about five or six non-league clubs that have got really good setups that probably could do okay in the football league, couldn't
2: they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there were you know, they they're. Playing squads would have to progress, yeah. but no, I mean, I mean, obviously you've got you've got gated in the yeah. in the national league, but then you've got the likes of your North Shields, Blythe Spartans, you know the South Shields is the name one is so, that, right? Sorry, South Shields, yeah. yeah. Although North North Shields aren't too bad themselves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? and Darlington is obviously yeah. just down the road, and yeah, so you're right. There's there's quite a few little uh, nice setups up there, so. Yeah, so hopefully he'll have a decent level of football to play. Oh, Connor Thompson probably I should say is the one who never quite yeah. made a first team appearance for us, did he? But I think he was quite a uh, also
2: stuff. uh Ryan Donaldson's there, who was yes. a
0: trialist for us a few years yeah, back. Yeah, I remember that now, yeah. He was he was in Newcastle back in the day. Yes, Cambridge, yeah. I think, is what well, he spent yeah. a long time
2: off. So He possibly went to Cambridge after being on trial with us. Yeah, I think they were non-league I mean, at the time, weren't they? Yeah, I, re- I remember him playing at Durham yeah. in uh in a match where there was American football goals right beside the goals just mental because
0: they played like a f- 4G pitch or something back then. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a strange pre-season game that one certainly um, right so yeah that, that's a Fishburne sorted out with a loaner. I think he's there for three months, is he, I think, initially? Yeah,
2: basically up to the end of the year, isn't it? Yeah, basically. And obviously
0: after his first month, we'll be able to recall him if anything happens and we need his body back. But, I mean, I hope he just goes there and gets some goals. Because Simo was quite st- This, again, came after we recorded. Simo was fairly strong in his comments mind, wasn't he? Mm. he? He he wasn't so much having a go, but if you could read between the lines, he wasn't impressed Neither were Blythe with how he deployed mm. himself in that loan spell, unfortunately. So maybe it's a little bit of a book your ideas up, loan last one, chance saloon, possibly. Yeah, it's frustrating because he's he got one year left on his contract, I think, and then I he's got an option so, on top yeah, of that. Yeah. So he's really got to show he's capable now. Otherwise, he's going to be doing that non league circuit around uh. you know the North East. I mean, you've got to yeah. remember, he still is only a first year pro. He is, to be fair, that's a very fair point. Um, I'm not, I can't remember if it was a I think with them, it was a they got their contract from that point, didn't they, rather than at the end of the YTS? Yeah, so. yeah. So there you go. Um, so a couple of other bits of news. Um, a couple of sad bits of news, actually. And one of them we missed, didn't we? And I do apologise for this, because he's someone we both really like, and we should have covered it last week. But I, for some, I think because it landed on a Friday, it just didn't get picked up, did it? I think we just totally missed it. So for those who haven't guessed yet... Um, the club have announced that um, community sports trust manager and former player and coach John Halpin will be retiring from his role at the club at the end of December to spend more time with his family. I mean, this is a, you know the end of an era, isn't it, really? There's, there's fans who go to games now, who will have gone to the soccer schools and things like that, and you know who may have never seen Halpin play, and they'll know his face, won't they? He's been a face of Carl United out in the community for so long, and for older fans, they'll remember him. You probably just about remember him as a player, don't you?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, Christ, yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for the broken legs, he'd have played a lot higher than Carlos. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, there was, well, there, there was rumours a move to Liverpool was in the offing, etc. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, I, I think he would have made the step up, if he was that good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, he's he's been he's been around the club on and off a long time because he did go and work for the Royal Mail for a bit. Well, people forget thirty
0: eight years with a sort of short break for a few years in the middle yeah. of it. Um, yeah, Basically, obviously, he went to Rochdale as well briefly, didn't he? And came back. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he obviously was involved in the football and the community set up back in the start of the Michael Knighton days, and then obviously remember what happened when Knighton sacked Day, which funny enough, twenty five years ago the other day, wasn't it? Since yeah, that yeah. That's incredible to think it was that long ago. Um. So yeah, he um. He did that role, but then obviously one night and sacked day, he took on the role alongside Halpin and wilkes as first team coaches. Yeah. And some fans did you say we played some of the best football they have seen years under those two,
2: like for it, periods. It, it sounds bizarre, but we we went and won at Wickham four one. Yeah. And we've we, I think it was like Knighton's first game in charge and. Yeah it was probably the worst result we've ever had yeah. because it made him think he could do the job there and then, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. But I mean, I, I think Knighton was sort of, when, when things were going badly, he sort of let them take the flack when things were going yeah, great. He was yeah. from the center, but he was never the one making decisions. It was Halpy and, and Wilksy that were doing. it. Yeah. And like I said, we were, so, we were very close, very close to, you know, well, not actually that close to staying up our season where we, but we played some nice stuff for periods. It's just, we lost a couple of key players at key points. Didn't yeah. That, that yeah. cost us. But uh, but there you go. And as I, I mentioned, obviously, he went away. He was treated quite poorly, actually, at the end of that season when Jimmy Glass scored, wasn't he? Yeah. in the way yeah. they got rid of him. And um, despite the fact that he was treated poorly, he came back to the club under Fred's story. Uh, Paul Simpson's recommendation wasn't actually, he said, yeah, you know, yeah. we need people like that at this club. You know, as, as Paul's shown this time around as well, he's got people back in, hasn't he, that have been involved before. and. And yeah, so as much as he's uh, we're going to lose his uh, knowledge and everything in the uh, community sports role, it does sound like the club are keen to have him in some sort of ambassador role, which makes sense. I, I wonder like
2: if he's lined up for a bit of scouting or something, couple, a couple of games a week or something. Possibly, yeah, he might do
0: a little bit of that, bit of that but like I said, being an ambassador as well, it's one of these yeah. things we
2: actually don't do, because a lot of clubs
0: do that, don't they? They have yeah, foreign yeah. players, ambassadors, we don't really do that as much. It'd be great to have someone like him in that role, so uh, yeah, all we can say is all the best helping, you know, and we'll we'll maybe try and get him on for a chat about his time at the club, will we, at some point? That'd be really good Yeah, I Yeah, I
2: think that'd be a popular one. Yeah, because he's, I
0: mean, the amount you could cover in you Know in in the time when he was one, one of the joint managers, it would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? You know, there'd be yeah, yeah some stories from that. I think it's fair to say. Um, only have a little bit of news, and a little bit of sad news is um, this, this emerged on from Brunton Park on the same day as the Queen's passing. That uh, former blues commercial director Tony Bingley has passed away at the age of 82. Um, Tony's Yorkshireman, very much an, an adopted Cumbrian, and I think a well known face around the city for his work with Lloyd's Motors, wasn't he? I think. Dan, I think it's fair to say, and anyone who's been at Brunton Park, if you've seen the photo on the official website of when it was announced, um, you'll recognise his face from outside Brunton yeah. Park on a match day. won't you in? when I, I worked at the club for a couple of years in the media team, and he he was he was always in there sorting out you know bills and contracts and car leases and things like that, and he was a a proper character, so, you know, a raconteur, you'd almost say, with, you know, he could tell stories for days, so really sad news, that he'd been helping out on a voluntary basis for like the last 20 years or so, I think at the club, and um, unfortunately, I think over the last season or so, he's not really been well enough to come in sadly, and then we had the news of his passing the other day, so we pass on all our best wishes to his family as well for that. Yeah. Right, match review time, Dan, um, yeah, nil-nil draw, <laughs> it's weird, it's a nil-nil draw, but there's plenty to talk about, isn't it? It was a, mm. certainly an action-packed game. And it's weird. If you take one look at the stats, you'd say Mansfield, 12 shots, three on target, to Carlisle, six. 61% position to Carlisle, 39. And, you know, winning more aerial turns, past success, 69% to Carlisle, 51. You think, oh, they've dominated this game, you know, Mansfield. They're probably coming away thinking, how oh, have we not won this? It's not, That's not the way it happened, though, is it?
2: No, not really. I'd
0: say it's the complete opposite. I think you'd argue we'd come away that from that thinking... Oh, you know what, we could've we could have nicked all three points there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh mm. we had we had a couple of chances. Uh Thomas Hawley made a couple of good saves. I think I think the draw was probably about fair overall. I think you're you're probably right in terms of that. But I
0: mean what it does go to show is dominating the ball isn't isn't the be end all, is it?
2: No, no, no. It's not actually at all. what
0: it's what you do with it and particularly with us this season. We aren't having as much. It's quite similar, to actually, under beach that first, that first full season he had. Not quite the same because we're not quite as direct as his team were, but we're we're not that afraid of not having the ball. What it is is when we get the ball, we get them quick, don't we? And that's certainly showing the season. We've we've, we've played some really good stuff, and and yeah, it's it's kind of one of those ones. Like I said, last last season, you looked and think great, nil nil, Mansfield, you bite the hand off for it. But we've raised the standards so much, you think to yourself, we probably should be getting three points from that game with the chances we've had. I mean, uh, especially talk soccer those The, the yeah, chances, that's the key thing. The quality yeah, of the chances yeah. have
2: been good. I it? mean, I, I predicted a draw pre-match. I think you did as well, didn't you?
0: Yeah, all three of us did, yeah. So yeah, yeah. no, no, no difference I mean, to the, the prediction scores. I
2: think, I think the way I looked at it was, if we get a point at Mansfield... And we can get three against Wimbledon. You class yeah. that as a good week, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Especially getting a clean sheet on the road, you
0: know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it came to team selection, Don, when you saw that, I mean, that's pretty much the strongest side we could have picked, isn't it? At the moment, guy, yeah. guy returning from injury was a big boost, there, wasn't it? Because we all sort of agreed, you could see we missed something a little bit against Rochester with him out.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Harris is is not fully ready yet, is he?
0: He's got rough edges he, he, and he's going to yeah, take a while to do is yeah, isn't he? He's,
2: he's going to need a bit of polishing. But it, it, it's good for him when he does come in for odd games because obviously that helps his development. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know it, it was the strongest eleven we could put out given the injuries we have. And uh, yeah. I think it sort of picked itself, didn't
0: it? Yeah, nice to see Charters back on the bench for a league game Ooh. as well. Getting back to fitness, that's good to have him in the squad. and give us a, another option either in midfield or at left wing back as well. So yeah. that's... Really good to see. Um, well, we can't talk about the goals because there wasn't any. Um, uh, interesting fact to note there. That's the first 0-0 under Sibbo since Stockport, at the end of his first spelling charge. Yeah. Final yeah. game of the season. So, yeah, it's been quite a while since that, hasn't it? Um,
2: the, con- the convenient 0-0 that was.
0: Yeah, because it would have been a bloody riot if that hadn't been in 0-0 that day. Man, we had to go in it a couple of times. I mean, he, mm. he, that, that, that all I always remember about that is Rafa had come back from his loan spell, hadn't he, at, um, at uh, Weymouth. And he, he got himself a, a league winner's medal that evening, having picked up a league winner's medal with Weymouth, having got two in one season. Not many yeah. players can say that, can they? Right, um, yeah, well, let, let's talk about the chances then, Dad. I mean... As I said, like the stats do suggest Manfield Dominic, but they didn't really, actually, when you look at it. I mean, initially, they had an early chance where Clark, for them, uh, Oli Clark, I think had a low shot from the edge of the box. That was, that was a comfortable save for Hurley. There was no real issue with that. But then, United started to get a few few opportunities on the break, didn't they? And they particularly knock it over the wingbacks because both of their wingbacks were very attacking. They? I mean, Jordan Bowery, he's an attacker, really, isn't he? He's not a wingback. Yeah, back, yeah. But they're using him in that role because of his pace and his power. Um... But this one actually came on the other side. It came over the left side. So long ball forward by Feeney, really well controlled by Gibson. Played a lovely ball into to Dennis. And Dennis puts it wide, but actually when you look back at it, it's a brilliant tackle by the defender because he basically slides in, plays it off Dennis's foot and it goes wide. Yeah. If yeah. he doesn't do that, Dennis scores. Well, I say Dennis scores. We'll talk about his second half chance in a, in a minute because he should have scored that as well. Um, so yeah, that, that was a decent chance. And then... <laughs> There was another one. I mean, this this is one of the two sitters, really, isn't it, this one? I mean, it's fair to say. Good build-up from Patrick and Armour. The latter got to the byline. Uh, in fact, they defended it well not to bring him down in the area because it could have, could have easily been a penalty. Yeah, definitely. Um, got to the byline, whipped the ball across. It was just too powerful for Dennis. And it comes to it comes to the one play you probably wouldn't want on the end <laughs> of it, doesn't it? Morgan Feeney, and he he always passes the ball back, straight back into the keeper's hands, doesn't he? And you can see straight away, he's like, oh, I've caught... If anything, he's actually caught it too well. He should have just, if yeah, he scuffed yeah. it. It goes in the back of the net. It's a tap in, it's an open goal. So, yeah, really big chance to miss that. Um, after that, there was um, probably the only one of the contentious points in the game, wasn't it? Um, Maris did well to find space in the edge of the box. Hit a shot straight at Thomas Holy, which he parried straight into the path of George Lapsley, and he fired it through his legs, but the offside flag was up now. We've looked back at a freeze. Sorry, looked back at a freeze frame of this. It looks like he's on side, doesn't it?
2: It's tight.
0: It. I mean, it's very hard to tell from the angle of where the camera is. I think there's a camera on the other side as well because I think that's where the analytics guys go on in the big main stand. So that angle might show it a little bit better. We haven't seen that, but the suggestion seems to be from the from the the, the Mansfield side is that they've seen that and he was on side. I. For me, it looks like Armour's just playing him on, but it's tight. It's one of those ones where you can see why the linesman's in a panic, given it because he's probably thinking he's he's just got himself ahead there. But a little bit of a jail there for Holy should really be holding on to a shot like that. Do you think? Um, uh, possibly. Well, or the least palming it away from trouble, you'd think that's probably yeah, the main thing. Yeah. Palming it straight back to lap, to him, um, not probably the best thing to do. Um, and then uh, United had another another chance up the other end. Once again, good build up. Some really nice build up in this game, actually. I have to say, for not having much of the ball, we we used it really when we did. So um, Moxon played a ball into the box. It was nodded down to the edge of the area where Gibson does. A, it's like a sort of almost like it's not quite a scissor kick, is it? But it's sort of a, a volley at like almost hip height, and he does really well to control it and keep it down, doesn't he? Because a lot a lot of time players will hit a shot like that and they'll blow over the bar. He gets over it, hits a really low shot, and Christy Pym makes a really good save in, in the Mansfield goal. What I'd say is, and this isn't criticising Gibson because there's not really much more he could have done a yard either side and that's in because it's too powerful for him to stop, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Really frustrating that. Um, into the second half, um, this is the chance at the start of the second half and this, this is the one we should have scored really, isn't it? I don't think enough credit is given to how good a cross-field ball this was from Huntington to actually set the chance
2: up. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Because it's not like, because it wasn't hit high, was it? It was hit fairly low. It, it rivals uh, Jamie Devitt against Rochdale, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: definitely. And he sort of dissected like two or three players to the point where they just couldn't get to it. And it was so good that Gibson didn't even have to take a touch from from playing the ball in. <sighs> Dennis has got to score that, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, probably. Looking back, he'll be disappointed he hasn't. Uh, I wondered if the pace of it, possibly. I think the problem is he got ahead of the ball. If you look yeah. back at it,
0: he's a bit too quick onto it. He actually should have held his run slightly and he would have had an easy tap in to make it 1-0. And it's interesting. BBC Radio Cumbria commentary for this game. Um, little treat for you, wasn't it, Dan? Keith Curl on the co-coms, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you were really happy about. Um wasn't on my commentary. <laughs> you had the away one on, did you? Um Sorry, the home one, I should say. Um, yeah. it, him, he was actually quite quick to give a lot of praise to Christian Dennis and the work he was putting in, to be fair to him. He said he's covering so much ground and he's dragging defenders all over the place and he's creating space for other players. And that's a big part of why he's done you know, so well this season as well. It's not just his goals. He's he's really been a someone who can occupy defenders at the same time. But he'll be disappointed with that one. But he's not the kind of player he's going to get his head down as he? he's going to still be looking for chances, I think, so... Nothing too much to worry about there. Um, Mansfield then had a chance. Uh, low shot after a smart turn by Aikens. Well saved by Holy with his feet. And then another really good chance. A really clever quick free kick from... Well not quick free kick. Sorry, it's clever free kick from Moxon. And a really good run from Feeney, actually, wasn't it? Because yeah. Lucas Aikens was, was pretty terrible on defending free kicks, despite the size of him. He just wouldn't track his runners. It's would something
2: he? I've noticed in the last couple of weeks with Huntington and Feeney and Mellish. We're starting to make good runs from corners and free kicks. Yeah, definitely. We we look more of a threat. Yeah.
0: So this was a really good run. And actually he ends up slight almost slight tackling the ball, doesn't he? Yeah. He slides to poke at across goal and oh if Mellish was just a just a half a second earlier with his dive in, that's a goal, isn't it? He was he was so close to getting and doing it. as yeah. it was, Pim claimed the chance. Um beyond that, not, not a huge amount of others. I mean, Hartington with a long-range effort that went well over the bar for Mansfield. Dennis put a really good cross in from the corner flag that went over everybody and came to Baku, took a lovely touch and hit a volley, but it was straight a pin. But again, I don't think there's much more he could have done with it no, to get no. the shot away quickly. So there you go. And then Mansfield's best chance bar the disallowed goal was a chance for... Um, Maris on the edge of the box. He was found with a, a, a ball to there and hit a really powerful first-time shot that looked like it only just went wide of the post. So, yeah, that was it, basically. That was it, nil-nil, full-time. I mean, as you say, Dan, fairly satisfied with
2: the circumstances against the... I mean,
0: a team that was going for 10 wins in a row at home, it should be noted.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a clean sheet. It's a point all the way from home. So, definitely positives. Uh could we enact it? Yes. But so could they. So it's, yeah. it's probably about right. Yeah, yeah, you'll take that.
0: Right, shall we do our um, six second reviews then, Dan? Yeah. So we've got a couple this week. Uh, we've got Scott's BB and Simon Cornwall. Simon Cornwall's an old school friend of mine. He lives down that way. So he, he was at the game. And I think you say Scott lives in roundabout about Sheffield, right? I think or somewhere like that. So easy one for them two to get to. Um, we'll, do, we'll go with Scott first. I haven't listened to this yet. So here's Scott, Scott's uh, six second review of the game.
3: Hello to the Bugle lads. This is my 60 second review for the Mansfield game. Uh, The night started off with a a couple of pints in their fan zone. It's a great facility, similar to ours I'd say. Uh, There's a good atmosphere in there. One or two familiar faces in Carlisle shirts. Um, And before kick-off, we had the uh, a minute silence in memory of Queen Elizabeth II. uh, Impeccably observed by both sets of fans followed by a rousing rendition of uh, God Save the King. The game itself... We happen to be sat in the home end, great view, just behind our very own uh, John Coleman. Uh, like most, they'd probably taken a point beforehand. It's always a tough place to go. Clough sides are usually well organised, uh, team a big units, um, and they normally put the top end of the table. But I thought it was an excellent away performance. Can't really single anybody out, but I know it's uh, not really happening for Amari Patrick at the moment. But him and Jordan Gibson ran the knackers off from start to finish, took him back into a 5-4-1, when Mansfield had the ball, we defended from the front, limited them to very little chances, and I think our our keeper, the big man, I think he only had one save to make. We did miss a couple of sitters, but to be fair to Feeney, the ball came at him at 100 mile an hour, there's not much he could have done about it, and the Dennis chance, he looked wrong footed, and the ball was just behind him. So, a uh, bit gutted we didn't get the win, but more than happy with a point. Back to back, clean sheets, and hopefully no more injuries. Uh, God save the King and uh, up the Blues
2: yeah, cheers, cheers for that
0: Scott <laughs> hey that was a really good uh, good assessment of the the night oh it's well, wasn't it yeah, interesting yeah. that he was in the in the home end as well actually that he yeah I
2: think I think he was with a mate who's from that area so I always like to I, I,
0: it's one of the things I don't think I've ever done it for a colour game the closest I got was that I was going to do that Doncaster game the season we went down to the conference I was going to go in the um, in the home end for that because obviously our away end it sold out, had not it? Yeah. But yeah. Um, in the end, didn't need to. I didn't bother going down because obviously. We, we I I,
2: I have done it for maybe half a dozen games when I've met mutual mates and yeah. uh, you know I've maybe travelled down on my own, so I've gone in yeah. with. Them and a couple of mates i can get a beer at half time with them etc but uh it's always interesting when you i remember once i went to sorry for going off topic i went no. to south end went to south end uh in with a, a fan a mate down there and we scored and i went yes not loud and uh leo roger who played for south end at the time was injured and he was like what's he doing in here <laughs> And my, my mate knew everyone at the club. He's like, nah, he's with me. He's all right. He's all right. And I was like, Christ, I
0: didn't even shout that <laughs> loud, you know. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, yeah, so a really good assessment by Scott. I've got to say, he made a really good point about Patrick, actually. I, I, got, I keep saying he just needs that goals. And he didn't really have any chances in this game, to be fair. and It wasn't really his fault. He still looks a little, I wouldn't say off the pace, but he did, Maybe just lacking a little bit of that confidence at the moment sometimes when he gets the ball, he's not quite as strong with it. I think it'll come with time, I'm sure. But defensively, I actually agree with him. He did drop into that, so he always made it a four, didn't they, at times? And you really, really work the backsides off him. Like I said, Gibson, we'll talk a little bit more, more about Gibson in a minute because I would want to raise that as an extra point. But yeah, another good game from him as well. And the, the amount of running he does is ridiculous as well, isn't it? He gets right up and down the pitch, yeah. so full credit to him, mate. Yeah, I can't get any other point. I mean, you agreed with me on the uh, the um, Christian Dennis one, so I'm quite happy with that, Scott. Good, good assessment there. Um, right. Well, what we'll do is then we'll do Simon's, and then we'll we'll come to our t- talking point after we listen yeah. to what Simon said.
4: I live about three miles south of Mansfield, so this is the game that I always look out for when the fixtures are released. I thought we were defensively very strong. We soaked up an awful lot of pressure, kept our shape, and re- restricted Mansfield mostly to shots from outside the box. We had a few opportunities where we picked the ball up in defence and we had players breaking in the opposition half, but we just couldn't pick that pass out, often being overhit, either out for a throwing or a goal kick. One of the highlights of the first half was definitely the Thomas Holy net repair. By the time Mansfield had managed to bring a ladder over to it, he'd already sorted it out with the gaffer tape and just reached up and done it because he's an absolute giant, basically. Christian Dennis missed a sitter right right in the first minute of the second half, which was the best chance of the game. Low crossing from Jordan Gibson. Christian Dennis was goal side of the penalty spot unmarked and managed to blaze it over the bar. So I think some of the best work that Dennis did was when he found himself out wide, surrounded by Mansfield players, somehow managing to dig out crosses, one of which fell to Finn back at the back post, again unmarked, but he was only able to tamely shoot the ball into the keeper's hands. I wanted to give a big shout-out for Thomas Holy's ability to deal with crosses. He can just saunter out and reach up and pluck the ball out of the air, can't he? I think Mansfield are going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. So despite the fact that we probably should have won it with those chances, we would have taken a point before and on the road. So I'm happy with that. Up the Blues.
0: Uh, n- another good assessment there by Simon we will talk about Thomas Holley in a minute because we it, it's not possible to do this podcast today is it Dan without giving a good shout out to his uh, DIY abilities yeah um, yeah I mean it's another fair assessment I think of the game to be honest in terms of the, the chances obviously mentioning the, the Dennis one it, it's one of those ones isn't it we've just got to take it, you know it's just a shame we seem to be missing a sitter per game at the moment, don't we? That's that's the problem. It it stands out a lot more when that's happening every single week. Um, well, come on then. Let, let let's talk about Jordan Gibson. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's more a question about temperament here. Now, it, this isn't something that's happened a lot, so we're not. It's not like I'm picking on it for that reason, but it. The big turning point in the second half of this game for me was was the the booking he picked up. Now, what happened was for those who didn't watch or. Listen, he did some really lovely footwork, did need he, to get away on the right. And he was clean through into their half and basically had a couple of defenders to face at that point. And you'd fancy him to, to do something from there. And it was, uh, I think it was Maris, wasn't it? Basically did one of those, you know, the, one of those ones where you're like, well, you're getting away from me, I'm just going to kick you now.
2: Yeah. So you can't take, get away. You take the card, don't. Yeah,
0: take the card, take his legs away. Yeah. It's one of those ones that, if you go a little bit too far, you're going to get sent off, basically. But he, he didn't, he was it's a yellow card but it's one of those frustrating ones you think come on it's cynical that there's no attempt made to play the ball um, now Jordan Gibson didn't like this because I think he was quite frustrated. because I think it wasn't the first time he'd been clipped and that kind of thing was it and he kicked the ball at Maris now he didn't actually hit Maris he was about 2-3 yards wide of him but the referee or one of the officials saw this and Gibson got a booking as a result and it just took that edge off his game didn't it he wasn't quite the same player from that point he was a little bit more shy in the tackle and he likes to, you know, try and nick the ball, doesn't he? So you didn't quite see the same play. So it's maybe just a little bit of a lesson to learn there for Jordan, just to keep
2: himself calm in a situation like that, you think? Yeah, probably. Maybe just a bit of frustration with the game, you know, yeah. nil-nil, you know, chances, a couple of chances missed. Hmm. Uh, not quite going right. Uh, we'll let him off, but yeah. one to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: let's talk about a couple of other points. I've got a couple of points here, Dan. If there's any way you, you want to raise, obviously pipe up. Um I've got to talk about the, both the wing backs. Of course, you mentioned there about Finn back and his chance, and he was the man of the match on scored.com For both teams, it was 7-6. Yeah, Paul, and uh,
2: Paul Simpson spoke really well of him Yeah, on the official site yeah. yesterday, I think it was.
0: Yeah. He, he's, he's really been so impressive. Because the thing is, yeah. he, he had a bit of a tough game against Rochdale, didn't he? Mm. He wasn't the best in that game, and yet he's come back in this one, and he looked and he looked he he did look one of the best players in the pitch, didn't he? He was up and down, creating chances, but also defensively, you know, up against McLaughlin, who's one of the best wing backs in the division, isn't he? Barely got sniffed, didn't he?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, the thing that stuck out from that Paul Simpson piece on him was he said he just gets on with it. Yeah, you know, for a lad at nineteen year old, just gets on, never whinges, does what he's asked. I need he said, to sort of say I I need to actually speak to him more because I don't need to. You know, <laughs> he said, I haven't spoken to him
0: in a week, didn't he? And I, I just realised yeah. that. So it's like he yeah. goes, "You know, he just gets on with his job." And that's I, just I, I, think, I
2: think there's a lot of lone players in general could sort of take a look at that attitude.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, he's clearly got a great attitude. He, he knuckles mm. down, works hard, and that that's really good to see. Um, but on the other wing, Jack Armour causing problems and putting good balls into the box and. Mm. We said this because he had that spell last season where he looked a bit shaky, didn't he? And we didn't really have anyone to replace him, so he had to play it, on it, through it, it, didn't he?
2: It was towards the end of the season that, yeah. like I said at the time, I think it was just more, he's played a hell of a lot of football. He, he only turned 21 you know? in May. Yeah. When you obviously, when you think about that, you've got, you know, a 21-year-old
0: wing back on one side, a 19-year-old wing back on the other. It's seriously impressive that, you know, see, they've played every game, pretty much the two of them how good they've been, isn't it? These, these yeah, yeah. opening month or so of the season. Really, really impressive. And long may it continue. As we say, though, they, they need to work on the finishing a little bit, the pair of them, don't they, I think? Because they're coming in at the far post, they've got to take those chances. But yeah, fantastic to see how well they're doing. Um, yes, it's generally, like we said, it's a really impressive, resilient performance from us. Um Still only one defeat this season. That's something that sort of goes missing, doesn't it? It's a shame that we've only got two wins and we're getting a few too many draws early on. But the important thing is, in those draws, we're creating chances. It's not like we're we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth, are we, in those games? We're actually looking to try and win those matches and that's that's the real positive to take from that, isn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah, that's that's a big difference, isn't it? You know, in the last couple of years, we would have been hanging on whereas, you know, there's periods in these games where we, we do actually look like scoring and yeah. taking the initiative, so... Yeah.
0: yeah really impressive. Um... Well, come on, let's talk about then the divine intervention for fix to fix the goal. Yeah, the holy man himself. Um, who, Thomas who, need,
2: who needs to set a ladders when Thomas Hall is in goal? Six foot nine, all six foot nine
0: inches. In reaching up to Gafford. I noticed they'd actually fixed it the second half, haven't they? I think they'd put a new net or something else onto it because I noticed it was different. That there was no black tape there, but essentially, for those who didn't know, there was a shot that hit the side netting that was. Uh, it seems just. I think that was one where I think James said on the radio that oh, if he hadn't, you know if that had been on target just a few yards to the other side, Holy was nowhere near it. He watched it go wide. It was well wide. It was comfortably wide. Now, what it did, though, it was exposed the fact that there was a hole in the top of the net. The, the net had come loose in the corner. And obviously, they couldn't get it to attach to the hooks again. So basically, what they had to do was they had to um, get some gaffer tape. And they were waiting for some ladders to come. And Thomas Holy just said, "I'll oh, just give it to me. And without even going <laughs> on his tiptoes, he reached up and taped up the whole goal again. So... Fantastic to see that stuff from Thomas. And as Simon said on there before, and he's a six second review on crosses, he because early on I thought, oh, is he going to be one of these tall keepers? Who just doesn't claim crosses at all, but actually he's not nothing of the sort, is he? In like in the last five, six games set piece wise, it's a nightmare for opposition teams because they have to really think about what they're going to do. Cause if you stick it into the six yard box or nearby, every chance that Holy going to come and claim it, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... He's he's been quietly impressive, hasn't he? Yeah, you know there was, there was a lot of talk. Uh, Will he get down for low shots because of his size and that? And the last couple of games, he's got down two or three times very quickly yeah. and very well. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, uh, I'm 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 getting more and more impressed with him as the season yeah. moves on.
0: And he seems a good character as well. That's something that stands yeah, out. Yeah, he seems, he
2: seems he seems as though he's uh, quite a laugh, doesn't he? You know.
0: Yeah, some of the, 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 the thing, like there's actually what well, something I forgot to mention. I forgot to put in the thing was there was one point in the fir- in the it was in the fir- yeah it would have been in the first half. He threw the ball out with his left hand half the length of the pitch, like it yeah. was, and got us going on an attack. It was seriously impressive stuff. He, yeah, I think his distribution's a bit better than people are him credit for as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem at the moment is he's he's putting it up to to Patrick and. Patrick's not a tiger. Get Edmonton back in the team. You'd see us winning a few yeah, more. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So there you go. Right. Before we go into the second half of the show, Dan, we'll do a quick League Two roundup. Um, who's going to stop Orient on their march to the top of Flying, League it? Two? Unbelievable. Still the only unbeaten team left in the division. I think only one draw on whatever other game possibly. I, can't. Look, just check I think table it's there, but...
2: seven wins and one draw, isn't it? That's, I mean, that's seriously
0: impressive stuff, isn't it? To come in as well and not, not make a huge amount of changes to that squad either. That's near enough. The squad they had last season. I don't think there's been a, there was a massive amount of incomings for them.
2: And they've only conceded four as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's a good manager, Richie Wellens, and he's a bit yeah, bit, yeah. bit of a knob, but you know a good manager. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they continue their march up uh, League One. Paul Rochdale, they were beaten one nil by them. I think Rochdale probably look at that having luck. We didn't get battered. That's the important thing. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, other teams are going to get beat by an Orient this season comfortably. So. So yeah, don't worry too much, Rochelle, even though you've still not won a game. Again, we'll come on to that soon. Um disappointing for you, Darren, Dan, sorry, expect especially the first one. Barrow and Stevenage continue to defy the odds, don't they, at the top?
2: Yeah, both both, both doing well. Fair play to them. I mean, Barrow, uh, especially being Doncaster 2, no, that's a big result for them. Yeah. Uh the by all accounts they could have had a couple more as well. Mm. The the one who uh who were finally doing it for me Salford. Yeah,
0: and they're grinding out results, aren't they? They're mm, not just, you know, the games are not playing well. They're
2: doing it properly, aren't they? Mm. As opposed to the last couple of years. And uh, not, well, not Northampton, and we all fancy to be up there anyway. They're they're ticking along, aren't they?
0: Yeah, so they beat our opponents this week in Wimbledon. Mm. Um, Just on the Barry Doncaster game, did you see the story on Twitter about the uh, Doncaster fan who travelled up from London to the game? No. You want to say this? All right. So basically he looked at how much the train was going to cost and it was going to be quite extortionate. It was going to be really expensive. So what he did from London, he flew from, I can't remember which one London airport it was, to Dublin. Then from Dublin, flew to Manchester. And I think that cost him a combined total of something like 17, 18 quid maybe. (laughs) And then from Manchester, got the train to Barrow for the game, basically. It cost him 30 quid in total and instead of the 100 plus quid it was going to cost him to go okay. down just buy a train ticket. So, I mean, yeah. it'd take him a hell of a lot longer with all the waiting in airports and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it just goes to show it's how ridiculous the yeah. price the train uh, But it's like we've, tickets all, are.
2: we've always said, if we ever draw a door for the win, and cup couple flying to Paris. For it, <laughs> exactly. Aren't
0: we? Fly to Paris and get, get the train up or something. over There you go. Train and ferry, yeah. Exactly. But, um, yeah, so that, that's in terms of that. Um Crawley, they've got off the mark, they've got their first win of the season with a uh, 3-2 win over Stockport. Really struggling to find their feet, aren't they, in League 2? It's just not happening for them, is it? No, no matter how many signings and stuff they make, they just can't seem to turn it around, can they? It's a frustrating one for them. Um, But right at the bottom, Hartlepool and Rochdale. So it's going to be a long slog for those two this season, I think, I, isn't
2: it? I think I think it is for Hartlepool. I think yeah. I think we saw from Rochdale when we played them, and he knows what he's doing. Bentley. Yeah. I think they'll have enough to get out of it, but Hartlepool, it's uh, yeah, not very good for them, is it?
0: No, certainly not. They're getting the odd draw here and there, but yeah, n- not great really overall. Um, should know in Hartlepool, they, they see they the signing they made uh, this week, Chris yes. McGuire. Mm. Although, how long he'll be able to play for them, I don't know. Because he's obviously got this uh, investigation, isn't he, over gambling on in, yeah. going on right now. So, uh, could be interesting to just... see whether he gets a ban or not there. Um, that's pretty much the first half of the show done, isn't it, Dan, I think? Yeah. Nothing else to cover. So, we'll just take a short break and then we'll be back to preview the Wimbledon game.
2: Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. I thought
0: i a little bit old school with that one. I was going to say, old school. Yeah. yeah. George has been sitting there waiting for a while to be used, as he has been on the Bristol City bench for quite a while, actually. Yeah,
2: uh, he's bench warming at the moment. because yeah. He quite often
0: plays, I've noticed when he plays, he plays in the on the right side of a back three yeah. rather than as a wing back, which feels like
2: a waste of his talents for me. Yeah.
0: It's kind of sad, really, but then you know, you've got to take that chance when it comes, don't you, sometimes. He'll, um,
2: get goal. He'll get his score. He'll get
0: his score. Yeah, right. Okay, um, before we get into the behind the enemy line section, Dan, I've got a question of the week for you. And it follows you. on from the question I did last week. So, uh, as we covered last week, Paul Huntington was the uh, the first player to score a goal. who was born in Carlisle for Carlisle in a league game since Paul Murray in 2006. Can you name, and you'll know the first few of these, but can you name the last five... Players born in Carlisle to score a league goal for Carl United. We'll come back to this just before the X Files section. This is one more for the listeners at home because I think you'll know these questions. Yeah,
2: recently. well, we, we we sort of half chatted about this, haven't yes. we? Yes. Yeah.
0: So this goes back to give everyone a bit, a little bit of a clear. Here, this goes back twenty five years,
2: basically. Those
0: those five players. So there's been seven players basically in the last twenty five years who were born in Carlisle who've scored a league goal for Carl United. And we just want you to name them. So we'll come back to that shortly. Right behind every lines uh, this week, we spoke to Lee. Yes, that's not not at all confusing. Uh, from the Wombles had a dream podcast. Um, really good chat I had with Lee. Actually, really interesting to get a bit of an insight because obviously we haven't played one them for quite a few years, have we? It's you know we've, they, we we had a couple of seasons with them in League Two, and then they went up to League One. Um, yeah, it was really interesting some of the things he said because it's a little bit unexpected. He was talking a lot about the pros and cons of fan ownership because there's a lot of talk amongst their fan base about whether they should stick with them or look to get someone to take over the club. Um, a little bit about their journey, or that the club has been on the return to Plough Lane and uh, also why being in League One wasn't all that good for them. Interesting that one. There you go. Uh, so here's the chat I had with Lee early this week. Okay, this is not going to be at all confusing but here is Lee talking to Lee from the Wombles Had a Dream podcast to talk about all things AFC Wimbledon. Lee, thank you for giving up your time to speak to us today. Um, Let's get straight into it. It's 20 years since uh, the club was first formed in response to the disgraceful decision by the FA to approve the old Wimbledon's move to M.K. Dons. Milton Keynes, sorry, not M.K. Dons, Milton Keynes. (laughs) Can you quite believe how much the club has achieved in that time from, you know, Starting out with those trails on the old Wimbledon Common, wasn't it? To be yes. now a, a League One club with their own ground.
1: Well, hey, well League Two club now, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah, we uh, yeah, it's been twenty it's been a it's been a good fun fifteen years. The last five years have been pretty tough in League One and then being relegated into League Two. But the the, the non league days were a good laugh, they were, they were fun. The trials on Wimbledon Common going through the non league Leagues in what nine years I think it was from when we first uh, had our first non-league game to going into the to league two through the playoffs, beating Luton at Man City Stadium. It's been a journey and a half. It's been very enjoyable, but the last five years have been a bit of a slog, if I'm honest.
0: It's interesting the way you put that because you know most people think, oh, that's the pinnacle you now—getting yourselves to League One and you know getting yourselves at the same level as the other club, obviously—and you know. But- Competing against them in, in the league that that's surely the pinnacle. But it, it sometimes shows, doesn't it? Once you reach that height you're like, oh crap! It's not going to be quite as enjoyable because we're not going to win as many games, are we? That's that's the way the way to look at it.
1: The, the, the thing about football is expectations change very season, yeah. don't they? And if you if you go up as quickly as we did, so during the non-league days, we were expected to win the league. It was a good laugh. We were beating teams six 7 nil. Yeah, we went on the longest run, unbeaten run in in history. Uh, so once you get into League Two and um, We should never have gone up. We had a decent team, got through the promotion, went into League One. And then when you're playing the big boys in League One, the Sunderlands, the Sheffield Wednesdays, teams like that, you want to be playing them every week. So when you've got a squad in front of you that you know is good enough and it's just not happening. And being fan-owned and fan-run is totally different to being have a chairman and stuff like that. So, it's it's hard at the same time because you want to do well but you know we've got restraints on us with money funds we haven't got a chairman who's going to blow a load of money and we've also just built a brand new stadium that's cost us millions of pounds and that's all been paid for by the fans so we've got debt over our heads and it's trying to now fund that if you look at team like arsenal arsenal are only now just fund their stadium so they're being able to We've got that to come now. We've got to try and get this stadium funded, paid for, so we can then start having a better budget than we've got currently.
0: Well, that brings me on nicely to the next question, actually. The new ground. So you spent 18 years at Kingstonian, finally returned to your spiritual home on Plough Lane that must have been such a special moment to, to walk out there for the first time at this ground knowing, I mean, cause in fact, I say 18 years, you know, being away that long. It's even longer than that. It's probably about 30 years, isn't it, when you add in, you know, see the time at Selhurst Park when it was Wimbledon. It must have been an incredible feeling to, to walk out there and go, wow, this is our home now.
1: It was It was a. Mile. I chose not to go to any of, because they had some uh, pre-season games at yeah. the stadium kind of to test, they were, they were test uh, games. Yeah. I chose not to go to them. I wanted to, my first game at Plough Lane to be against a, uh, a. It was Bolton, I think we played, and it was yeah. Bolton in the league, and that was it. And it was just, it was, it was a special moment. It was brilliant to be there. I watched. I never watched Wimbledon at Plough Lane. Unfortunately, I was too young, didn't get to go to Plough, the old Plough. I played on Plough Lane when it was still <laughs> there with the grass pitch. I never got to watch a game now. I was Sellers Park, which for me, even though I'd never been to Plough Lane, I, I never grew up in Wimbledon. It, It never felt like home. Sellers Park. Uh, But then being in Wimbledon, being in, as as, as Carlisle will know, a community club. We are now that community club. We are in the community where being back, the the whole community is on board. The the local restaurants, the shops, they're they're loving it. There's a big buzz around the place. And it was just buzzing to be back there against that. It was good that that we played at Bolton because most people they travel in numbers. They bought a low down. It was just a I think it was free, it was free all, and it had everything that came to so it. Was, it was beautiful to be back.
0: Yeah, it must it must, it must be incredible to know the fact. That obviously, for Wimbledon, you, you, you know, it, it's your it's your home. You, you know, you know, we own this yeah. ground. It's in our, like I said, it's in our community. It's our place to go and watch the football. Now you obviously traipse into the likes of you know up to to Selhurst Park and Croydon, I think, isn't it? And obviously up to Kingston. And it's not an, the same, is it?
1: That's another thing. It's like travelling in London ain't easy if if you yeah. come down. Uh, from Carlisle, and you go to Wimbledon, you've got to go through whole of London. It's not easy. So even travelling, as people might see it, if you look on the map, Wimbledon to Selhurst Park isn't or Crystal Palace isn't that far. But if you're travelling on the trains and stuff, it's it's quite far. And also, it's not it's Crystal Palace. It's not us. It's not Wimbledon. We are now in the middle of Wimbledon. We are what a stone's throw away from the Old Plough Lane with where, where that's that ground used to be. The ground, I think, in my personal opinion, I'm obviously very biased, but I think it's beautiful. I think the way we've done it we've got you put it you won't be able to see it as an away fan but in the home end we've got food trucks we've got like a rat fan zone we've got our own park channel all screens all the match day football so all the money that we spend is going straight back into the uh, to the club and it's just we've got what four or five said food trucks selling food on a saturday and it's got that special feel about that people want to get to the ground early spend their money to socialize and have a good time, and then obviously ninety minutes of football ruins it.
0: So. Yeah, exactly. Always the case. I mean, we're similar with us. What we've done this season, we've we've almost got a little fan zone outside our main stand. So any Wimbledon fans coming up this weekend would recommend go around to the main stand before you go into the stand first, because there's loads of trucks there. There's a usually a band playing as well. There's a, beer, a big like container truck, an old container thing that. That's a bit uh, bar in it, so yeah, well worth doing that. And like I said, most clubs need to do that and have to make the extra money, don't they? So there you go.
1: I think that's what a lot of clubs are doing now. They think they're yeah. they're, they're kind of tuning into that, getting local businesses, local food yeah. places involved, and saying, "Look, come down, you pay us a fee, you make the money off." Yeah. You? And then it's it's a good social, it's a good social like right? and people love it. So yeah, I think a lot of clubs, especially down at our level, have to do it to to kind of get their revenue up a little bit. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about last season. I, I do apologise for having to bring this up to you. you. I mean, that run you went on. I, I remember every week we were just sort of checking because we were always looking to see who was going to be coming down next season. thinking who we we're going to be playing, and we were praying for uh, some of the Lancashire clubs to come down. Obviously, Fleetwood and Morecambe let us down by actually turning things around a little bit there, and Gillingham messing up on the last you know last few games. But you guys, we were always looking up thinking, yeah, they're coming down. There's a new ground to take off next season. I mean. How tough was it going to watch? Because there was that sort of crushing inevitability as it went to like 10 games without a win, 15, 20, of like, yeah, we're going down here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think most people, most Melbourne fans thought we were going down after about 10 games. It was maybe <laughs> 27 without a win in the end before uh, we beat on the first game of the season this year. But yeah, it's tough. It is. And the thing about Plough Lane is it's such a special stadium. It hasn't been nice to us because I think we've won two in 37 now. I think we've only won three home games in the last—I can't remember how many—but it's so long. Uh, and the problem is we started off so well in League One. I think we were fifth at this time last year, fifth or sixth, uh, and then we just went on an appalling run where we couldn't buy a win. And the football we were watching was terrible. And yeah, yeah it wasn't—it wasn't fun to go watch. It was not fun to be about. And as I said, we've been a fan club. You then start getting people wanting to then move away from that wanting to sell out and stuff and it became quite toxic in the end which is a very nice
0: As well that is the risk isn't it, with the fan thing everyone thinks oh it's a great idea it's fantastic but then it's great when you've got these little ups and you're working your way up but then when you hit that point where like i said you almost hit your ceiling and then start to drop a little bit there is that sort of oh we need it we need someone in there throwing money at it and sometimes you just got to stand firm haven't you say no we've got our principles there yeah we're gonna have times when it's a bit down but you know, we, we can bounce back eventually. That's the hope, I suppose, isn't it?
1: It is the hope, but it's, it's a tough one for me because yeah, there's different aspects of Wimbledon, obviously. I don't want to go too far into it, but people yeah. that run the club and staff are fans, they don't have the expertise to possibly run a club, but then you have other people that do and it's, it's trying to get that mixture of people that really love the club and want to give their time, but don't really have the expertise to be running a football club. And it's yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a really hard aspect and then winning always kind of plows it over, it kind of paints over that or puts a plaster over that little thing until next week. The problem is, you go on a 27-game run without a win, that's when the murmurs start coming and they get louder every time you yeah. lose and it becomes, yeah, it was quite toxic in the end. Yeah.
0: So, so far this season, a bit hit and miss it seems, you know, you've had a, a couple of decent results in there, but obviously I think you're on a run now of three defeats in a row, aren't you? Obviously ho- hopefully not going to go on as long a run as l- last season, but is there kind of a feeling like, okay, this is going to be a tough season? You've, you brought Johnny Jackson as well. How's, how's he doing, obviously, this season?
1: It's a, it's, this is the problem. Again, because of last season, everyone's so wrapped up in how bad it was last season yeah. that we're still kind of feeling that now with with the run we're on with three, three games without win. Uh, we, we we just don't look... We look very defensive. Uh, and Johnny Jackson came in with this plan. He hasn't got rid of the Deadwood from last season that sent us down that people are still a bit angry with so they're still part of the team they're still part of the setup we had a couple of good wins we had i say good wins you say we had decent results we beat gillian we were poor this year we beat crawley who i know they've turned they've had a couple of results but they were awful against us the other week when we beat crawley too never there was actually people women fans booing at the end because we were passing it around the back and like didn't want to go forward and it was quite boring to watch and and that's the part. The thing about Wimbledon is, if you don't come and attack us, it's going to be it's going to be very boring to watch a game with Wimbledon. We're very defensive. We don't like to get after anyone, and it's it's kind of last year is now seeping into this season, and the toxicity toxicity is coming back a little bit, which is a shame.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you mentioned Jackson's quite defensive. He? I And mean, he had a decent start at Charlton, from what I seem to remember, but then he just sort of went belly up for him, didn't he? Really, and he really struggled a bit. I mean. Is there a feeling that he's going to need a bit of time to, to turn things around? I mean, obviously, you mentioned the fact getting rid of all the Deadwood. It's interesting because Paul Simpson came into us in February, managed to turn his around from his team that looked like it was going on the league. And he didn't get rid of all the Deadwood. He thought, you know what, actually, there's not a bad, there's some good players here, and he stuck with them. Is that what Jackson's doing there, or is it just a case of he can't get rid of them because they're on longer contracts or that kind of thing? Uh,
1: a bit of both, of I think. I yeah. think there's a couple of players that are on decent contracts, decent money. Uh, our goalkeeper, one of the big. Issues at the moment is our keeper. Uh, he's a great shot stopper, but he's he's got hands that look like they've been covered in butter. Uh, two of the goal, the goal on Tuesday was uh, horrendous against. Uh,
0: is he the one who messed up against Fleetwood
1: last season? Yes, the one who uh, he done it the other week against Stockport as well. He passed <laughs> back and and we it was quite funny on the way back from Stockport. We, one of my mates was talking to a Charlton fan, and he said, "Had how did Johnny Jackson do at Charlton and how's he doing at Wimbledon?" and everything he listed was boring football. Does he stand there with his arms crossed and don't really have that? He's not going to cheat up the players and stuff. Yes. It's funny because there was a photo of Johnny Jackson at the start of the season. The man's very handsome, the greatest hair probably in League <laughs> 2. There was a photo of him against after the uh, Northampton game, and it looks like we've turned him into a junkie. Oh, dear. It's quite funny to see. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not great at the moment, unfortunately, but just we got we got you lot on Saturday. Then we go to Bradford the Saturday after. And I just don't know where we're going to get a win from.
0: Oh wow. Um. Well, I've got to ask you about who the there's a danger medal people to look out for. And you, has got. I mean, I'm looking through it now. And I mean, Alex Pierce stood out as a, a good signing for you in the summer when when I saw him coming in. And beyond that, I mean, the problem is I don't know League One that well these days. I don't watch it as much. Harry Pell's one that was always really, in, you know, he's had good games against us uh, in the past. Anyone else there that really stands out? That you say people should watch out for?
1: Yeah, I'd say there's three players I'd say watch out for, and it wouldn't be the two you just mentioned. Oh. Harry Poulton, he, he needs games. He yeah. hasn't had a pre-season, so he's come back in. He, he looks like he wants to wants to get amongst it, and, and he can. But yeah, he just needs games. So at the moment, he doesn't look as fit as he should. But mm-hmm. the three I would say is we've got a left back called Jack Curry. If he start, he's been injured unfortunately. He's come for our youth team, went on loan to uh, a Conference South team called Eastbourne Borough one their player of the year, come back in and squat, uh slotted in perfectly, don't look out of place in the yeah. two, possibly should have played league, one for us. Uh, we've got a player called Paris Magoma, who's on loan from Brentford B team.
0: Name rings a bell, and yeah, he, I've heard of him.
1: He is a Rolls-Royce sort of player, he literally, if we, if you let him run the game, he will run it all day long. He's got passes for days, he gets four weeks, he, yeah, he'll he'll run the game for us. Uh, and then Ayo Bastel, I don't know if you've heard of him, he's a little... Scallywag of a player. He's one of the players <laughs> that you love playing for you, but don't like playing against. No. And he will, but he's little, really small, and you think no, but he will go up to the tallest player and have it right off of them. And he's one to watch out for. Bit greedy. That's he's kind of frustrating the fans a little bit with his greediness, but he is one that will not stop, uh, and he can do something out of nothing. But they're the three: Paris Magoma, Jack Curry, Ayo Three decent players that I'd, I'd say, yeah, watch out for.
0: I've got to ask you as well, actually. I've only just realised this. You've got the lad who was at um, Solihull Moors last season. You got him on loan from Huddersfield oh, down yeah. near Cal Huddling. I mean, he's as tall as our goalkeeper, Thomas Holy, who's also six foot nine. I mean, how, how's he settling? <laughs> because, I mean, it seems obvious what you're going to do when you've got a player like him in your team. He,
1: he hasn't. He hasn't played. Oh. He, uh, he's come off the bench a couple of times. He got injured. Went back to Huddersfield for a month. I think he's been there. Mm-hmm. He's cut, he came back on Monday. So he came off the bench against Northampton. Uh, I've not been overly blown away with what I've seen. No. He played five games. Everyone sees how tall he is and sees the goals he scored for Solio Moors But if you look at it, he only played five games for Solio Moors And then mm-hmm. Huddersfield bought him. I think we, we signed him because they bought Jack Redoni off us for quite a big fee. Yeah. And then we got him thrown in on that and said, look, give us, Jack, give us Hudlin. He comes to us for a season and does to look at it, but I, I, he is a big kid, but he hasn't, unfortunately, he hasn't had the minutes
0: no. to
1: get himself involved. And we've got Davison, New York, uh, well, I say, sorry, New York City. We've got a guy called Nathan Young NYC, so everyone calls him New York City. <laughs> we have him from Brentford B. Them two are striking up yeah. a little partnership. NYC uh, Nathan Youngkun's possibly going to be injured on Saturday. He went off with a knee injury against Northampton, so we might see David. You might see Davison and Sal, or they might throw Hudson in, depending on how uh, Carlisle play. Oh,
0: we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Um, Lee, thank you so much for giving me time. Really appreciate it. Before you go, can I have a prediction for this weekend's game? I suspect it's not going to be very positive based on what you've said so far.
1: I, I was looking at your results, and I've seen that you've conceded some goals against the Lower teams like Rochdale, I thought was was all. You've, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't realize that you can concede goals, and I thought, well, that's, we, we can score goals, that's the thing. But we're likely, I think, we last time we came up to you, I, I thought Carlisle was a great place, great mm. town, great place to drink, and I think it was four all. I
4: think, it was, yeah, yeah, it was a four
1: all, all game, I came up and uh. I think it could be I think a two two. I really okay. do. And the, the only thing I'm disappointed is i I'm not a lot of people ain't gonna be able to make it up to Carlisle because uh the trains were met Avanti oh, sort themselves out. Absolutely. Well I, I Avanti, live in
0: Liverpool and I come up from Wigan for every home game and it's just a, it's just basically
4: a mess this season.
1: They've they put their train tickets on sale today. Today, yeah. Think, <laughs> yeah. So you think what two a couple of days before the game, the cheapest ticket I could find was eighty six pounds. I'm not spending 200 quid, unfortunately. No, so, <laughs> no. so uh, yeah, I'd love to go. I think it's a great place, but a great stadium. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think two all. I'd, I'd just I'd be happy with that. To be fair.
0: Well, we're all looking forward to coming down to Wimbledon this season to to tick off uh, Plough Lane as a a new ground. I mean, I'm hoping it's a bit more accommodating and a better place to watch football than Sutton was last season. Because yeah, that that ground is barely league standard. <laughs> I think it's fair to did say. You, did you ever go to Kings Millo? Uh, we did yes actually we went to Kings Meadow f- yeah. I think I only went for the, well, the one we won 3-1 I think actually was the last time I went that, but, but yeah
1: that was horrendous for away yeah. fans that view was awful when, when, Plough Lane you'll love Plough Lane the only thing i would say is it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system from people coming to Carlisle to Wimbledon and buying a pint it's <laughs>
0: yeah. around
1: about seven pound a pint in the wow. local
0: pubs okay well <laughs> uh, there, there's it's around long... about
1: 5.50, 550 in the ground so I always say when I speak to I speak to uh People from Sunlearn and other podcasts from up north. I always say, just yeah, yeah bring a, little, a few extra, a few extra pounds with you because it ain't cheap.
0: Brilliant, Lee, uh Thanks very much for your time and all the best for the rest sure. of the season after this weekend.
1: Thank you very much, Lee.
0: Yeah, big thanks once again to Lee for giving up his time to speak to us there, Dan. Really interesting stuff, isn't it? Really, that that mm. you know, you you'd think you'd be all excited about getting up to League One, but obviously when it's a lot harder to compete against some of the big teams that are up at that level, it, it's maybe not as enjoyable going to games sometimes, is it, when you're getting beat? It's almost like that thing with, you know, fans of teams down at the bottom of the Premier League. You think sometimes you'd be better off just getting relegated and having a few years in the Championship where you're actually winning a few games, yeah, instead, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. you know, if, you, if you're struggling year on year on year, it's not always that enjoyable. So, uh, so, yeah, and there's some, like I said, some really interesting points in the fan ownership model as well and, and the idea of, you know, it's not all... You know, roses, is it really? It's, uh, it can be a bit uh, problematic at times sometimes as well. So there you go. Um, right, so let's look at the Wimbledon game. Dan, um, referee this weekend, Andy Haynes. One of the most experienced referees in the league, isn't he? It's one of those names you recognise now, isn't he? Cause he yeah. Especially with us, because he's based in Tyne and Weir, so he covers us probably three times a season at least, doesn't he? So, um, so yeah, it's his 16th season as an EFL referee. Um, he's taken charge of six games so far this season, handing out 15 yellows and two red cards. One of those red cards you may remember, it was the famous uh, double booking given to a a Shrewsbury player in their game against Accrington that was actually later rescinded due to a mistaken identity, wasn't it? Because it was actually the keeper that had um, committed the dissent offence. There you go. Um, Last season, he handed out uh, 96 yellows and one red card in 34 games. So not that, you know, card happy in terms of the red cards, is he? But um the yellows is averaging about three a game, which is quite average, actually. When we look through these things, that's generally what it is, isn't it? Usually it's about three a game on average. Um, last game we took charge of was the 1-0 win over Bristol Rovers in March this year. Four United players were booked that day. Uh, Dickinson Armour, Patrick and Dennis. Head-to-head. There's not really much of a head-to-head record between the two of us, is there, really? Because, basically, they've been... We had that two seasons against them and then they disappeared up into League One. Uh, it's neck and neck basically but the fifth meeting the two teams one win for us one for the Wombles and two draws um we obviously saw that one win didn't we yes the game down at um, kingstony that was a that was a trek and a half um for those not aware basically we went all the way down to um to uh, what was kingstony at the time wasn't it a uh, nice free one win but after the game was a mad dash to get the train home wasn't it <laughs>
2: Yeah. Basically.
0: There was engineering works on the, the railway line, wasn't it, that would, would take us from Kingstonian to...
2: Yeah, and uh, the well, traffic look. around the ground was horrendous. Yeah. Tra- trying so to get we, we, we yeah. Well, we, we got taxis from Morden, and we arranged for the taxi to pick us up at five o'clock where he dropped yeah. us off, and it was a half five by the time he landed.
0: Yeah. So basically, we ended up making a mad dash... To go and uh, I think we literally, I think some of them was only made the the train with like 30 seconds to go.
2: Yeah, a couple of my mates. I was uh, we 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 changed trains and they jumped on a different one. I was like, No, you want this one? (laughs) And uh, we were all trying to ring each other and all sorts, but we all we all got there, part of the fun. Look, look,
0: always good fun for an away day, that isn't it? There you go.
2: Um, so
0: yeah, uh, the dons, in terms of the the work they did in the summer. Some interesting names came in, didn't they, to them, particularly in defence. Couple of couple of decent names there, isn't it, in Gunter and um, Pierce.
2: Well, Gunter's just had a Wales call up this week. Yeah, which goes to play, so, Isn't he their uh, most capped player of all time? He's up there, yeah. Because uh, Johnny Williams at Swindon is another in our league who, you know, plays League Two football but international as well.
0: That's going to cause a problem for them in November, though, isn't it? They're going to lose them for the best part of three weeks at least,
2: yeah, yeah, in terms of that sort
0: of stuff. So it's, yeah, it, it's oof, I wouldn't, um, that's almost thank God that we don't have an international player in our right squad at the moment, really, isn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Um, some other names, I mean, Paris Magoma is a name that sticks out to me. I don't know why I, that, that name rings a bell, even though I think this is his first spell of playing football. But I think it's one of those names that's been about, he's, he's been in Brentford's B setup, hasn't he? I think, and quite highly thought of. Kyle Hudlin is one that's not going to be hard to miss, is he? It'd be great to see him up against uh, Thomas Scholey because he's the same height as him. He's six uh, nine. He's the lad who was at Soly Hall Moors last season, sold to Huddersfield in the summer and uh, instantly loaned out to Wimbledon, basically, to get a bit more experience. So um, not play much for them, though. He's been injured. Um, Josh Davison, is he, he's the lad who was on loan at uh, Swindon last season, isn't he? Mm. I think he scored against isn't he? He had a good game for them that day, so he might be one to watch out for, but... The other name that stands out from the summer work,
2: Harry Pell, isn't it? Yeah. Good, good yeah. experience
0: campaign at this level.
2: And uh, uh, likes a, a bit of an argument with some of our departed players.
0: Um, are they departed
2: though? Because I think, was it was it not? Uh, Callum Guy's possibly still about. Uh, I couldn't remember if it was him. Or,
0: I thought Devitt was here. I remember, you're yeah, right, Devitt, actually, it was Devitt, on, wasn't Devitt, it?
2: Devitt was, Devitt was possibly involved, yeah.
0: Yeah, i There you go. So yeah, Harry Pell. I mean, overall looking at their squad, Dan, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking looking at it? I mean... There's a few decent places, but there's a lot of names I don't recognise. If I'm
2: honest, yeah, I think some of that's uh, to do with you know the London area. There's such a, a pool of players that yeah. it's impossible for even likes bods like me to to track every one of them. But uh, no, I mean, you know, like I say, Gunter and Pierce stand out. Pel does. Yeah. Up front, the strikers aren't massively known, aren't
0: they? No, I mean, like I said, Davison had a decent loan spell at Swindon. If it's the same, yeah. thing to remember, um, Huddling, like we said, he's going to be a big lad, and obviously, they're going to knock the ball along to him if he's, yeah, he's yeah, playing. Yeah. Um, Nathan Young Coombs is another one on loan from Brentford. They've got, I mean, that's the handy thing with being where they are, aren't they? In Brentford, have got that B team set up, yeah, so it's yeah. Going with the old play going on loan from you, them, you, so really you imagine
2: bad. teams like Wimbledon and Sutton should be looking at yeah. Your Brentford, Palace, Millwall, Charlton—the yeah. old player, you know. Exactly,
0: exactly that. And uh, obviously, their backup goalkeeper, Will Yaskalainen, is um, son of uh, Yussi, you isn't it? Yeah, former
2: Crew, wasn't
0: he? Yes, yeah, so he was at Crew last season. He's he's on a one-month contract because I think their second-choice keeper got injured in a uh, trophy game. Yeah. yeah, so he's been just to provide a bit of cover to a uh, first-choice Sanev You might was remember it him. An,
2: was it was it an under-21 player who injured him?
0: Probably, it's <laughs> a bit yeah. of that, wouldn't it? But uh, their first choice goalkeeper is Nikoladze. Um, he's the one who was involved in that goal for Joe Garner last season for Fleetwood against More Wimbledon. Uh, if you remember that one, yeah, yeah. Uh, by all he nearly did the same thing against Northampton the other night. He's not an overly popular figure with their fans by all accounts. He's not not the greatest keeper. It's fair to say. Um, Yes, yeah, so obviously, as we mentioned there, on Tuesday night, they lost 2-0 to Northampton. And, and it was if you've seen these goals down, there are two very, very tame goals in this match. Yeah. Really, really poor. And one of them's a header down and, and the keeper basically spills it into his neck. Yeah, net. yeah. It really slow. Best, was it? And the second one, I mean, the keeper had no chance of this one. It was a big deflection from a cross that went into the back of the net. But they're, they're on a run of... I mean, they're, they're 19 from the form table at the moment. Their current record... In the last six games is drawn, lost, won but then it's three defeats in a row could we go for four here remember happened I mean last season is where things really went bad for me you know, 27 games yeah. without a win and that, that must be crippling to go and watch that mustn't it
2: yeah uh, well I I said for a long time that they were coming down didn't I if you yeah. remember and and I, it, I
0: said to their guys, I said basically we, we were sat there for weeks like right who's coming down because we want the, the Lancashire clubs to come down and as we were looking we were like well, crew and that could Wimbledon and I was like yeah, it's basically a week as we swim by like yeah Wimbledon's gone <laughs> they're not staying up they're not going to get a win anytime soon so, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah difficult isn't it Um yeah I mean Johnny Jackson's their manager had a brief spell at Charlton did alright at the start of Charlton but it sort of just went pear-shaped didn't it
2: strange club Charlton
0: yeah the way they do things even with the, all these changes of ownership in recent years it's it's, it's been really weirdly run, hasn't it it's really strange yeah. Um He's not really had much of a chance to put his stamp on this squad yet, though, has he? He's put a few players in the side, but by all accounts, there's still a lot of players in there who are dead wood from last season that you can't shake off And it. I don't think it's a case of like, like with Paul Simpson, where he came in and thought, you know what? Actually, I don't need to get rid of a lot of these, because actually some of them are quite good. <laughs> I can make them into better players. I have a feeling Jackson just wants to get them shipped out, but they're on contracts and you can't really get rid of them, can you?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that's that's one of the things when you get relegated,
0: isn't it? Yep, that's the challenge. Um, let's talk, talk about United then, Dan. Um, didn't appear to be any knocks in midweek. Obviously, all the injuries are as they were, aren't they, I think?
2: Yeah. Bar- Barclay three weeks away. Yeah, Barkley, I reckon he's back in the building and back on the grass, so hopefully not too far away. Yeah,
0: uh, Jamie Devitt. Jamie Devitt, they're
2: talking yeah. several weeks.
0: It's a real shame that, isn't it? Because he looks yeah. so good against things. It's just rotten luck that, isn't it? But uh, especially as basically he picked the injury up in a training session there on Saturday to make up for the fact that we we're playing against Harrogate. So oh, I just think he, he might well have played against Harrogate. <laughs> and he's just, he cannot catch a break that lad sometimes, can he? But there you go. Um, but yeah, other than that, see Dickinson, Dixon, senior, also long-term Simons as well. Um, show Silver, they say, healing quite slowly, isn't it, at the moment, which is frustrating yeah. because we could really deal with him as an option late on. Because, I mean, that's the one thing actually stood out from the Manfield game. Simmer didn't make any changes, really, to late on. He probably brought Gibson on because he lost a bit of that edge after the booking. He brought Hilton on for him. Stratton only came on with a minute to go, didn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. He's
0: not, he's not really found his feet yet,
2: has he, Jack? No, I just don't think it's... Uh, fell for him. He's, he's only getting a bit part appearances, etc. So. Yeah, it's one
0: of those ones that you... you he almost needs one of the, the players, the first choice players, to, to pick up a knock so he can start a game yeah, and yeah. show what he can do because it's difficult coming in sometimes in those games late on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and not to the pace. And if you have to do that every week as well and you're not an experienced player, who's used to it, it can be tough. Um, yeah. But yeah, by that, as we mentioned, obviously Barkley coming back in Devon. Edmondson, still not sure about how long he's away. Probably not for this weekend, we think. No, no. But uh, hopefully not too long. Um so yeah, thoughts on this one, we stick stick with the same eleven pretty much, isn't
2: it? I think the eleven picks itself, barring any last minute injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean you wouldn't. I mean you certainly would not change that back five either way, would you? No, not, not at the choice. moment.
2: Not picking itself.
0: Yeah, midfield wise, Moxon and Guy, good partnership. Gibson's playing really well. The only reason like, I think is maybe if you wanted to give Gibson a little bit of a rest, maybe to bring someone else in. But the area you really want to be able to make a change in an attack, isn't it? Really, to freshen up one of Patrick or. Dennis, maybe, to give someone yeah, a run yeah. there. But, as you said, Stratton's probably just not ready for it, is he? That's the problem. Yeah.
2: What we could do if it's a game where we're, like, 2-0 up and comfortable, where you can get a good half hour in or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's ideally
2: yeah.
0: ideally what we want.
2: So, uh, Saturday
0: would be nice. Well, that brings us on to predictions, Dan. What are you
2: going for? 2-0 uh, win. Okay. With Christian Dennis and... I think Callum Guy's
0: finally gonna score. How many times have we predicted Guy in the Man past out. and he's still not scored for that us? Oh yeah, Callum. Go on, Callum. Not doing do it. Do, do us a favour. Um Dinkersing. right, I'll do Mike's prediction before I do mine. So here's Mike's prediction.
2: So this week I'm going for a 2 0 win with Huntington and Dennis.
0: Oh, Huntington and Dennis. Oh, for his there you go. Uh I'm not gonna go for the same. I was gonna go for two 0 there, but you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm going to have 4-0. I just fancy us just to, to turn it on this weekend. I yeah. really do. So I'm going to go with goals for Dennis, Mellish, um, Moxon to finally get his first and Amari Patrick. Come on, Amari. We want an Amari goal. That's what we want to see. Yeah. Let's get his confidence back up. So there you go. So that's your predictions for this week. And not no change to the predictions table. Still... Me and Dan uh, at the top on six and Mike lagging behind on three. And if you want to really include him, Greg is on zero points because he had one week and he didn't get any. Uh, <laughs> a bit harsh, I know, but there you go. Yeah. Um, Quiz right. question. Quiz question, yeah, before we do the the very short X-Files section this week.
2: Right, so say it again.
0: So the question is, so if the Paul Huntington became the first Carlisle player in, I think it was 16 years, to score a league goal for Cargat. It's league goals. We're not including the trophy, so Jared Brandtway doesn't count, as we've said. Um, so Paul Murray and Paul, these are the first two. There are five other players who, in the last twenty-five years, have who were born in Carlisle and have scored a league goal for Carl United. Who are those five players?
2: The five are Paul Simpson. Yep, Paul
0: Simpson. So Paul Simpson scored in the 4 season. He's got seven goals yep. that season
2: in the next, so there you go. But scoring later in that season, than yep. as we found out this week was yep. Mark Boyd.
0: There you go, Mark Boyd. One goal
2: in his nine appearances. Yeah, I, so uh,
0: I think it was a belt against Scunthorpe as well, wasn't it? Making a long range effort.
2: I think. Remember, Matt Janssen will be in there.
0: Yeah, so Matt Janssen's the the, the oldest one. Uh, he was obviously ninety seven,
2: nine around about that period. So yeah, yeah. So there's two more. Uh, you Tony
0: need to Hopper. Get. Tony Hopper indeed. He got two goals in yeah. one in each of his spells.
2: The fifth one. Mm. Ooh. Give me the season.
0: Oh, God. Off the top of my head, it would have been. I think it's O one O two,
2: if I remember. 0102.
0: Because I originally. I'll, 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 it's not really giving you a hint because he wasn't playing at that point. At first, I thought Paul Bowatin was one as well, but he was born in Holtwistle.
2: Yeah, it was Holtwistle Team, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and obviously Delap was born in Corby, so he's not one.
2: Mike Jack never scored for us, did he?
0: No, he didn't. Uh, Johnny Allen Penrith or Carlisle? See, I've got Johnny Allen down because I've I read it somewhere online he was Carlisle. So if I've got this wrong, I do apologise. I thought the question wrong, but I'm, I think I read somewhere he was Carlisle, so... Let me just double check that. So, uh, I
2: was going yeah, because I, I do know he's a bit of a Penrith lad, isn't he? No, you're right, he used Penrith. I do apologise. So,
0: actually, there's only four. <laughs> yeah. I, I, one source I looked at said Colonel, so I do apologise for that. So, yeah, so, there you go, it's four players, basically. Uh, so, yeah, it's not that many, is it, really, when you think about it? Yeah, cause no. And, and pretty much all of them are attacking, sort of,
2: minded players, yeah. aren't they? I mean, if, if you widen it to Cumbria, there's quite yeah. a few because, you know. Oh, you know, uh, Stuart Green would be in there. Stuart Green, yep, he would be in you there. Know, Richard, Will Richard Will Will yeah, broadcast. Yeah. You know, um, there'll be a couple of others. I'm sure that I can't remember. Glen Murray, there. Glenn Murray, yep. Yeah, there's another one. Scott Dorby, Dorby, yep. Jeff Thorpe, yep. Rob Edwards. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, right. they're a little bit
0: earlier than 25. Yeah, years, but yeah. There you go. So no, there you go. That that was the quiz question that I managed to get wrong. So I do apologise for that. John, Johnny Allen is very much Penrith born. I do apologise. Right. Let's uh, move on then, Dan. Um XL, not much happening this week, was there? Just a few goals in Because obviously there was no weekend games to cover. So midweek, there was a few games, wasn't
2: there? Yeah, there was a little bit of stuff. Uh, not loads. He's uh, one who hasn't scored for a while. Geffen Jones yeah. scored for Bolton in a 2-1 win at MK. Bolton are doing all right in that League One, yeah, as I thought they might. Uh, Andy Cook got a brace uh, for Bradford 2-1 winner his former club Tranmere uh, he's now well up in the top scorers chart as well isn't he it's interesting he
0: loves scoring against his former clubs except us <laughs> doesn't he Andy Cook yeah, I don't know what it yeah. is he scores against
2: Walsall he scores against yeah, Bradford he scores against Manfield
0: yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's mad uh,
2: Scott scored again for Notts County 2-0 win over isn't yeah, he's finding his feet isn't he
0: finding his feet yeah. you now
2: and uh, Mark Beck scored a, a brace for Darlington in a three-one win at Bradford Park Avenue. He's having a good season, isn't he? He's getting a few goals I, for them. Yeah, he's he's dropped down that level where he he's one of them. I think he's a better player in that league, but not quite as good at sort of national league, league two level. Yeah, hovers around it. Yeah, uh, and others. Uh, James Brown, former Loney is called up to Malta's squad for the upcoming mm. Nations League fixtures. Uh, Dean Henderson has just been announced in the England squad. Oh, there you go. Don't with Pick- Pickford out injured. That's just come as we're recording. And Janet Branthwaite came on as a sub for PSV, got another half hour or so in their 1 0 win over RKC Valreich.
0: I wonder if he'll end up in the under 21 squad as well. Yeah.
2: Oh, and a piece of news that has just come through when we started recording. Oh, yes. The rearranged Harrogate game is on Tuesday, November the 8th. 7.45 kick-off. Right, well, there you go. And the- Apologies. No, I, think for- yeah. I think it's FA <laughs> Cup the weekend before, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly that. You're right, to yeah. be fair. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, 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 yeah, I'd imagine Branford's got a half decent chance of being in that under 21 squad, you'd reckon? That is a few appearances for me. Yeah. It'd be one of the squads, at least. I think he's still doing the kind 20s so hopefully I'll get a call-up to one of them and continue his recognition. Well, that's it, Dan. Thanks very much for joining me. Really appreciate no it. Um, yeah, in, in terms of upcoming episodes, we'll have a preview of the Newport game. That'll be sorted um, probably nice and early because I'm quite busy at the end of next week, so I'm going to have to get that one done early as well. Um, yeah, and we got the, uh, we, we need to get around to recording my CFC 11, but there's a few days I've got off coming up soon. So we'll see if we can try and get yeah. one of those yeah. days. Maybe. Um, interview wise. Yeah, we're getting them sorted. I'm potentially going to be able to do them a little bit earlier than I planned. Hopefully I'm trying to arrange something to, to do this, but, uh, just need to get a few, uh, things in place to sort that out. But, uh, yeah, that should be really good. And, uh, I genuinely think you'll really enjoy those interviews. If we can get them sorted. So good stuff. Right. Dan, thanks for joining me. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next
2: week. And up the blues. Up the blues.